Welcome back to CHGO Bears After Dark, also known as Bad. I'm your host tonight, Greg Braggs Jr. Alongside me is my guy, Will DeWitt. Getting back into the season grind. Got a game on TV. This show, as always, is sponsored by DraftKings and uh, big UFC 292 coming up here soon. So uh, make sure you're using that promo code CHGO when you sign up. Uh, yeah, exciting night tonight. We're going to have Corey Wooten here joining us shortly. Uh, Will DeWitt back in the saddle, uh, getting ready to go to Indianapolis here tomorrow afternoon. Are you fired up for that one? Oh, yeah, I'm excited. Joint practices always seem like a lot of fun. I've only been like one Bears Dolphins a couple of years ago, but yeah, to go somewhere else is going to be a really interesting time. And I'm sure for you guys who have been at Hollis Hall throughout the last few weeks, getting a break from there, going somewhere else, a change of scenery, just like it's going to be for the Bears, it's going to be nice for all. Yeah, I'm a little nervous because, you know, obviously like you guys will be going through the media door. I'm going through the fan door and I love doing that, but not having my bearings, not knowing what time I should be there, not knowing what time I need to get in line or what seat to rush to, what bleachers to rush to. And people are asking me questions like, what do you do? Like your guess is as good as mine. I, I don't know what to do. Uh, so there is going to be a little bit of like that jittery excitement from that. And I, I don't know about you. I've never been to a different training camp facility, only Bourbonnet and Hallis Hall. So this is going to be a unique experience. Yeah, it's going to be new. I've never been anywhere else. I'm excited to see how they kind of handle the media side of things, how they handle the fan side of things. I'm I'm used to things done the Bears way. And now <laughs> we get to learn the Indianapolis Colts way. And what I love about the joint practices being in Indy is that Indiana as a state's pretty well divided between Colts and Bears fans. I remember that during the Super Bowl year of uh, Super Bowl 41 going to school and we were split right down the middle, Bears and Colts. And, and so I'm sure that Bears fans are going to show up in abundance. And I don't know, it could be an away practice, but we could have like a home I don't want to say field advantage, but like a home practice advantage. That's definitely one of the things I'm most looking forward to is seeing how many Bears fans, if it's going to be a Bears takeover, because I have a funny suspicion it's going to be. Uh, but we'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, we're going to bring on our special guest here tonight. Not a guest at all when it comes to CHGO Bears. Our analyst, our football analyst here at CHGO Bears joining us once again to give us some great coverage all season long. And we appreciate you kicking it off here on Bears After Dark. Corey Wooten, how we doing, my friend? Hey, what's going on, guys? How y'all doing? doing it's good, good to man. see you, like you just, Woo. Looks like Hi. you just got off the, the course. Am I right or wrong I, here? I did. I did. I, I got off the course earlier. You know, I had to drop a couple bombs on them. Hey, Braggs, I heard... I heard your golf swings looking official like a referee with a whistle, man. I really, I really heard that. <laughs> you know, when I'm not around Carm, I can golf just fine. But when I'm around Carm, he don't stop talking. I know, surprise, surprise. And he throws me off my game. So when we go to Cog Hill here in a week or a little over a week here, coming up like 10 days away, I'm excited to show you guys what I got. Uh, it's a scramble, but I'm excited to show you guys what I've been working on. I just picked up the clubs, and everybody I golf with says I'm not. I'm I'm pretty good for a guy that just got started. So, we'll uh oh, see. uh oh, brags. Right, I'm borrowing. It, I'm borrowing the father-in-law's sticks, and he's been begging <laughs> for them back. 
they're nice. They're nice clubs. And he's like, I want those back. I was like, uh, you're going to have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he's going to get them back now. Well, let's get into it, man. Uh, you know, we're obviously, you know, excited to hear your thoughts on, on the game uh, that just transpired here on Saturday. Get your thoughts on these first impressions. You know, it's easy for us to go to Justin Fields and DJ Moore, and I'm sure we'll cover that at some point. But the first thing I wanted to go to you about is Darnell Wright, because I can remember at the draft party that we had at Joe's on Weed Street, you wanted Darnell Wright before the draft even started, and then the Bears drafted him. And camp's been shaky. You know, Terrell Lewis at one point gave him a ride, and he's had different things in the trenches. It's just so hard to judge at camp. But then the game starts, the lights come on, and now all of a sudden Darnell Wright's showing us what you've been preaching about since before the draft process started. What was what what did you think from your vantage point? Well, I, I love this pass protection. I like how patient he was, especially there. And hey, Terrell Lewis is no slouch. I mean, coming out of Alabama, he was an absolute beast. You know, he's kind of was behind Von Miller, uh, you know, for the Rams for, for a little bit. And they just didn't seem to uh be eye to eye in that franchise, but um, he's, he's a talented pass rusher. So going against him in practice is definitely going to get him better. But in the game, yeah, I love what I saw from right. Like the being patient in his sets, right? Downfield, the effort, um, everything seemed to t- come together. And I know Lewis Riddick uh, from ESPN had talked about that for being a pro ball this year. As a, and I, I said that and people thought I was absolutely crazy, but he has all the tools right there. You look at his footwork, and I've said that he reminds me of Trent Williams playing on the right side. He's nasty, super athletic, um, has that mean streak. It's it's good to see. And I, this Bears team is going to be a lot of fun. And I know, you know, the, the three of three, 126 yards, you know, people are taking that with a grain of salt. But think about the playmakers, right? Mm-hmm. Think about the playmakers that we have on, on this Bears team. You know, um, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun with, with more – that it takes the pressure off Claypool, Darnell Mooney, uh, Cole Komet, Roshan Johnson, who was sitting behind Bijan Robinson, that I think is going to have a really good year, um, especially go- going the one-two punch. Uh, you know, so it's good. it's going to be a lot of fun this season. I'm just curious. So obviously Darnell Wright, as we've talked about, his debut pretty solid, give you a lot of promise. Were you surprised by like how limited like his snaps were? You look at other rookie tackles, and they were getting. 20 30 snaps in their preseason debuts and darnell Wright, you're looking at less than 10 obviously a part of that's the big chunk plays right the bears scored pretty quickly can't fault them for that but yeah. were you surprised like only three true pass sets for him and yeah i was game. i was a little surprised um but i think i think it all depends some teams just go hey we're just going to go this amount of series and then once you're done um and i think the big thing is they're trying to keep everybody healthy because you know once you can get through the preseason, uh, you know, you're kind of in the clear. So I think they have a plan for him. And especially, you know, what I've heard in practice, like you guys have been saying, like he struggled a little bit here and there. But I think practice, especially when you're a rookie offense or defense alignment, is always the hardest, right? Because you're going against other vets in there and and they're trying to work you. You know, you, you kind of have that that mark on your head. They're like, rookie, we're, we're going to get after him. Um, so I think they're trying to give him everything, especially being, you know, a top 10 pick. Um, you know, they're, they're really trying to get after him. And you mentioned Terrell Lewis yourself mentioning like coming out of Alabama and also being kind of buried in a depth chart on a loaded LA Rams team. Should we get excited about this guy? We've, I've heard the buzz throughout camp. And then of yeah. course he shows it in that preseason game too. had that strip sack. 
the ability to bend the corner, really exciting stuff there. Should I get my hopes up? I don't want to get let down, Woot. I, I think definitely in the pass rush situations, I, I think that's where he's going to thrive. You look at um, coming into this training camp, we were kind of nervous about the defensive line, and now it seems like he's really coming along. Travis Gibson as well. And then we have Yannick, uh, you know, that, that's a really talented pass rusher. So this defensive line, especially at the end position, is getting better. And then Green supposedly had, has been having some really good practices lately as well. So I think this defensive end um, rotation is going to be a lot better than we thought. Yeah, I mean, for my eyes at camp, uh, Terrell Lewis has been the best pass rusher. I haven't gotten to see Yannick Ngakwe. I'm obviously assuming he will be their best pass rusher by uh, pure resume. Uh, and the money he's getting paid, he better be. But at the same time, uh, Terrell Lewis, I mean, with Demarcus Walker, who I think was kind of leader in the clubhouse at first, really showing his leadership. You, he was the one you could hear from the stands, kind of like uh, the way Akeem Hicks, when he first came to the Bears, had that kind of uh, energy. Uh, but since he's been hurt, Terrell Lewis, to me, has vaulted to the front of the line. And, you know, his whole thing has been injury. So I'm excited to see you know, his progression, if he can stay healthy, what kind of an impact he can have on this team. Circling back to the rookies, you know, um, obviously we're all excited about Darnell Wright, but Tyreek Stevenson, you know, while Darnell Wright didn't get many reps, Tyreek Stevenson felt like he played the entire game. I mean, and it was fun watching him fly around. I mean, yes, he got beat on the first drive. You know, he said after the game that he was overly excited, wanted to make a play and got bit. And I'm sure that's going to happen a few times in the season. But at the same time, He's sticking his head down. At one point, he had one-on-one with a running back, went low on him, took him down, nobody to help. Another time, they try to throw a screen pass. He fights through it, gets the tackle. And then the one time where he jumped a route, showing that aggressiveness that we've heard so much about, yes, he dropped the ball, but you saw those ball skills, you know, at least the the, um, confidence to jump the route. So, what was your vantage point from Tyreek Stevenson? Because I'm really excited about what they got in him. Yeah, I love what I saw from him, with with the exception of getting beat deep. You know, it, it, it's tough in your in your first in your first outing out there. You're so excited. You made it to the NFL. You know, you get all the, all the moving parts are there, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh shoot, <laughs> I got beat deep. He's not the first person that happened to. But I love the physicality. I love the ball skills. I love the aggressiveness. And there was a lot of people, if he didn't have some of those off-the-field issues, I think he potentially could have been a first-round pick. So I think the Bears got a really good value in him. And that secondary is is a lot of young guys uh, that, that are playing well. Gordon, I mean, he's mm-hmm. taking the next step this year. Spider-Man is what they call him out there in the streets. Um, it's been fun to see because people were really down on him last year. But I think this defense is is starting to shape up a, a lot better than we thought, right? We kind of thought, okay, the linebackers and the secondary, that's the real strength. And, you know, we were really worried about the defensive line, and now things are kind of in the sh- uh, coming together, and, and they're shaping together. We're getting some pass rush in there. And, uh, you know, uh, Zach Pickens had a sack in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dexter's flashed a lot. Still, though, the you know the get off and, and pad level at times is an issue, but he's a taller guy and he's coming from that system at Florida, so he's going to have to break some of those habits. But I've I've like what I like. He has all the tools. You look at the quickness, you look at the strength. He has all the tools. When he can buy into getting off the ball consistently, I think he could be he could be a real force in there. 
Well, just from your vantage point, playing at this level, you know, similar, you know, defensive line, you mentioned breaking those bad habits, like how difficult for a player could that be? I'm sure mindset plays a lot of it and just how hard you're working on it. But is that something that we can expect to see grow throughout the preseason once we get to the regular season or is just going to be potentially like a, you know, like a year two kind of jump for him? It, it just depends. I think I think early on, like he's such a big guy and so strong that he can still get away with certain things here or there. And then you go against some really talented guards in there that, uh, you know, when you have the double team with the tackle and then all of a sudden you got to keep your pads down. So it's kind of like that moment where you have where you really get thrown out the club on, on a double team or you try to do something and, and you get pancaked that you realize, hey, I have to change my technique because um, but I think I think as the season goes on. It's kind of tough now because preseason is so limited. It's good for the players healthy, uh, staying healthy, but it's tough at the same time because you really don't get to develop these younger guys or guys that have kind of, you know, trying to find their role in the league. Um, you know, people brought up a good point how they used to have the NFL Europe for these guys that were kind mm -hmm. of on the verge of making a team and couldn't quite get it, but they went over there and they got great reps. So it's 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 kind of eliminating some of some of that, um, especially for the younger guys. We're we're looking at you know guys like Pickens and and Dexter to really make an impact this year, and they only have two preseason games, and the preseason is a little bit shorter. So it's, it's a little tough, especially for the young guys. For the older guys, they love it because they're established. They know exactly what they need to do, and for them, it's all about uh, getting to week one. Yeah, Nick Moriano's in in our chat hanging out. We appreciate. It. He said I've been thrown out the club, so he's. Dang, he's they said no white tees, Nick. They said that mustache. Oh, he cut he cut it. He though. cut the he mustache, cut which uh, that was a business decision. But you know, I think he should keep it, rocking the mustache. Supposedly his girlfriend said, "No, nah, I don't like it anymore." <laughs> no, just sources, that. sources. You know, and back to Dexter quickly is you know. I saw this clip a few weeks ago, and I don't know why it got reshared, re but it was Merrill Hodge, you know, former Bears running back, and he was ta he was he was talking in a draft breakdown leading up to the Jadavian Clowney and Khalil Mack uh, draft, and everyone, all Mel Kiper and all the guys, they had Jadavian Clowney going number one because of obviously that huge hit he had. I think it was against Michigan where he blew yep. a dude's helmet off and. And Merrill Hodge was adamant. He was like, if I'm taking the number one pick, I'm taking Khalil Mack, and I'm not thinking twice about it. And he goes, why? Because Jadavian Clowney's a great athlete, but he's not a great football player. And they were like, wow, really? And he was like, he's got the size. He's got the athleticism, but he doesn't know how to play with his hands. He doesn't know how to get leverage. He doesn't know how – and he's like naming all these things. And I, I don't want to speak this into Javon Dexter. He has every opportunity – to improve, but it, it almost felt like it's the same description for Gervon Dexter. He's got to learn that it's not just about his size and his power and his speed. He's got to learn the X's and O's of how to be a great football player too. And it, I, I, for whatever reason, that kind of spoke to me in that regard. So we'll see if uh, Dexter can execute on that. Yeah, well, I, th I think a lot of it comes down to what they see in you, right? You look at some, especially in the second round, uh, Dexter, Dexter is really, really a project, you know, that, that was kind of like, Hey, we're, we're banking on him to be this, that, or the other, even the year I came out, Jason Pierre, Paul, I mean, he wasn't a refined player by any means, but he was kind of in the right situation. He had, you know, Justin Tuck, um, you know, OCU Minora, uh, those guys to play behind and kind of show him the ropes. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of times they look at the athleticism, the size, the strength, and they're like, Hey, Let's let's take a gamble on this guy and see if we could teach him everything else. 
and I think Dexter flashed enough in college, like even despite not getting off the ball that you're like, wow, seeing, seeing him, you know, his motor, seeing him run down people, seeing his athleticism and his burst once he got going was, was pretty impressive. So I think once being, being a taller guy, me being six, seven as well, when I played, it was always an issue with pad level. Anytime you're a tall guy, you, ha you, ha you have to work on that. That's something that you constantly have to do. We got out of the shoots working off, uh, you know, that get off because as a taller guy, it creeps in, you know, a lot of those guards, um, they're starting to get a little taller now, but they're usually shorter than someone like Dexter. You, most of the guards are anywhere from 6'2 to 6'4. He's 6'6, six, 6'7. Six, six, so pad level is something that's key. But at the same time, being 6'6, six, 6'7 six, six, inside, you have that wingspan advantage. You know, on the edge, it's usually the other way around. Usually the tackles have that advantage over, over the defensive ends, uh, unless there's somebody that's really tall. Man, I love that insight. This is why I just love partnering with Corey Wooten. Just saying, let's talk about Travis Gibson here real quick because obviously he had a really big game, five tackles, three quarterback hits, one sacks, and six QB hurries, which is the most of any player in the NFL for week one of the preseason. Uh, and I think he also played like the seventh most pass rush snaps throughout this week. So the Bears really wanted to get him out there. I know they were disappointed by some of his uh, performance in camp and especially the family day at Soldier Field. But it was good to see him kind of bounce back. I just want to know, like, what kind of perspective should we have about this? Because I, I see it both ways, and I tend to see life this way too, right? But on one hand, he had a really good performance, played well, played with a passion and energy, and we need to see it. On the other hand, a lot of that came over backups. And at this stage of his career, I would expect him to play at a high level against twos and threes. Exactly. Like, it, it was good to see just his effort, his relentless um, play. Um, but I think I think it's like... I just don't know how the Bears are thinking of him. Um, it was a really good performance. I think they'll still still keep him to be a part of the rotation. Um, but I think at this point, it's kind of between him and Robinson on, you know, who, who they're going, fighting for that pretty much last spot on the rotation, I, I think, at least. Um, but I think he's back against against the wall, right? He had that, that good year two years ago uh, mm -hmm. when Khalil Mack got hurt. He came in there, had seven sacks. Uh, really flourished in there. And then he came back uh, last year and really didn't take the next step, which we thought he would. Um, so his back is against the wall. He really needs to string together great practices and a great next game uh, to, to really leave that impression. Because even, even if the Bears, let's say they cut him, he could go in there and potentially be a rotational guy or another starter for another team that, that has an injury at that point. And then uh, circling back to rookies again, because, you know, it seems like Ryan Poles really the last couple of years, I'm encouraged by his draft process and some of these players he's brought in uh, Roshan Johnson, you know, like you guys were saying, yeah, it was against third string, second string. Uh, then he got first team reps the next day after the game, uh, because some of the things he was showing were very encouraging. Uh, the, the 20 yard run where he, gets skinny through the hole and, and, and breaks about seven tackles. It feels like, uh, shows off that power. He, sh I thought he displayed good hands at times. Um, and then I've heard, and I've brought this up a few times, uh, Tom Thayer on a clip I saw on Twitter shared by the bears where he called Roshan Johnson, one of the best blocking running backs he's ever seen coming out of college. And it, you know, he was one of these like draft darlings. As soon as we draft him, every bears fan was ready to, put his gold jacket on if we're going to dive into the hyperbole. But at the same time, he does feel like it's going to work out with this guy, that he's got what you want 
in a Chicago Bears running back. Uh, I I guess the question I'd ask you is, we all know Khalil Herbert's going to be the starting running back week one, but who's going to be the starting running back in December? Yeah, I I think I think they're going to do a good job of of like the thunder and lightning. I, I think uh, Roshan mm-hmm. Johnson. When you look at, obviously, people were upset that David Montgomery was let go, right, because of his ability to to block in the backfield, right, catch the ball in the backfield, break tackles, be that grinder back. That's what Roshan Johnson is, right? When you when you talk about pass protection, that's why most younger backs don't play because they can't pass protect. And that's such a critical part because when you have QB number one, whether it's Justin Fields or Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, you know, if, if a running back misses that block, somebody coming off the edge, that's the difference between your quarterback getting injured and, and having to sit out some games during the season. So it's such a, a critical part of the offense. And, and Roshan Johnson, I feel like he hasn't even scratched the surface of what he can be. He was playing behind arguably one of the best running back prospects to ever come out of the draft in, in B. John Robinson. I mean, he's an absolute uh, dynamic playmaker. So Roshan Johnson, what, what he flashed, and I know people say, oh, it was against second or third stringers. Listen, you got to go out there and still play. So that, that's my thing. Like anytime you're out there, you have to flash and show what you can do, uh, whether it's against first string, second string, because – any 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 part of those guys that are that are coming in there that are going to be on the team, they could be a starter if someone gets injured, someone gets hurt. Um, so yeah, I think I think I've, I've been definitely um, some definitely happy with what I've seen from him so far. Yeah, those four missed tackles that he forced uh, it was actually the m- third most of any running back in preseason week one. He's already shown it. He's going to be a bowling ball back there. Going to be a lot of fun uh, to watch. We talked about a lot of positives. Uh, I know there's some players that didn't have great performances in that game uh, Bayless Jones with that muff punt like who like just even thinking about it puts a pit in my stomach I'm sure Bears fans are feeling the same way too would you still give him the rest of you know training camp uh, these joint practices against the Colts would be great live reps for him too but I think that you know clock is ticking you talked about Gibson you know back against the wall I think Bayless Jones especially with punt return duties I mean we have to be getting there too yeah yeah I, I think I think you got to give him the rest of camp and see how he performs um, because everybody has one, one bad opportunity if they muff something or whatnot, but you can't make continuous mm-hmm. uh, mess ups like that. So I think if he could finish camp strong, the fact that he was a third rounder um, usually, I mean, I, I've seen people cut third rounders, you know, after their first year sometimes, but um, the fact that he is a don- dynamic returner and if he could get, the ball skills down. I think he could be a really dynamic player for the bears, but again, I, I wouldn't be surprised at the same time if, if they cut him. Yeah. He's certainly opened the door for Dante Pettis. Who's been on the non-injured football list here. So we haven't even seen him at camp, but you know, I know you said like, give him, let him, let him, let's see how he does the rest of camp. Let's see how he does in the next two preseason games. But now that he's put this one on the books, it, I, I just don't know if the special teams coach and, and, and Matt Eberflus are going to have enough confidence to have him out there in the regular season, especially early on when, you know, wins are so wins are going to be important every week, uh, a lot different than last year, at least, um, you know, from a development standpoint, it's win now in a lot of ways you can feel that vibe with this team and the way they talk in these pressers. So I don't know. It's, you know, I'm rooting for the guy, but, he seems to have kick returner locked down. I don't know if that's going to be enough to make the team. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, you know, another thing that has really stood out here at training camp 
you know, if we're sticking to some guys that could make an impact on the starting level is, is Tyler Scott is very impressive as far as his ability to separate and find open zones. And, uh, he's, he's shook two or three guys completely out of their shoes, like breaking their ankles. Jalen Johnson at one point fell to his knees on a little shimmy shake. And that's the kind of stuff that gets the ooze and the odds from the crowd. But he has a tough time with his hand. He's dropped a lot of balls at camp. Then he gets one uh, peanut punched out in the preseason game. You know, and, and it's like, again, he might be somebody that could take Bayless's spot as a punt returner, but how can you trust his hands? And and just overall on the full spectrum of, you know, whether he's returner on offense, is this something that is going to be a concern for these guys? Because it seems like he can be a difference maker. But again, you got to trust him to hold on to the football. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing, especially with young guys, just having that confidence to to go up and get it with their hands, ball security. Because Tyler Scott, I mean, he has all the tools, right? His route running, uh, it was evident from from his college days, right? And what they've been talking about in training camp, how he's been juking people out of their shoes. He has all the tools. Just get on the jugs machine, my man, right? Literally, before practice, after practice, work with Justin Fields. You know, get it in there. Have them have them ripping balls at you like ten yards away. That's how you work on your hands. And um, he's definitely been doing that. Has a cannon of an arm like Justin Fields. Like I know, um, you know, I'm not not trying to compare him to Aaron Rodgers by any means, but look at all the young guys like, um, you know, uh, Devontae Adams. Right when he first came on the Packers, I mean, he could not catch the ball at all. Could not. Couldn't catch the ball the first two years at all. Aaron Rodgers is like, I'm not going to throw him the ball because he can't catch it. And look, look where his career went because he worked on his hands. It's something you can work on, but but you got to do it, especially when quarterbacks have cannons of arms. You, you got to catch it with your fingertips. You can't. You, you got to look it in, and it's something that you just got to continuously work at. You know who he reminds me of? And I said it the first day I saw him at camp. I I always have trouble. Like we were talking at a draft party, like. This I like I leave that to Will and everybody else that does like this hardcore homework on every single player. I'm kind of like lost in the weeds in the draft process. But when I get to camp, I can use my eyes from going to camp for 25 years and understanding who's an it and who isn't. And the first day I saw Tyler Scott, he reminded me of Johnny Knox. Like right away, he just the way he moved and he's wearing number 13. So there's that comparison too. But just overall. They, they have very similar, you know, ways they play the game. And I heard Jason McKee had told um, Adam Hogue on the sidelines the exact same thing. So the meatball got something right for one sitting in the stands across the way. You know, yeah, thank you. I'll take a bow. Um, but from your vantage point, because you played with Johnny, right? Yep. You know, so do you see any of those similarities with him? Yeah, I, I, see, I see the speed. The speed is there for sure. Um yeah, Johnny was was so underrated, and it's unfortunate that he got injured uh, when he did. Um, that was my second year in the league, 2011. And it was so unfortunate because he was about to get paid a, a big contract um, just because he really established himself in the offense as a returner as well to compliment Hester. Um, yeah, such a nice guy, too, and it was just so unfortunate. But I do see the similarities. Like Tyler Scott, what he ran in the 40, I mean, on the field, he looks way faster than that. I mean, he is an absolute burner. Like it, it's, it's, it's great to see. I think he's a great project that like, they don't need him right now. Right. Like he could obviously come in and contribute a little bit here or there, but you look at the pieces to the puzzle right now, when they got Moore and Claypool and Mooney 
and you know the, the tight ends that they have as well. They don't really need Tyler Scott this year. So it could be a great developmental year for him. And if he really gets with his hands and he could be that deep threat, that, that somebody that can catch the ball in those situations, um, it, it could be a great pick. And I, I think when it's all said and done, I think he'll develop the way you need to, whether it's this year or next year. Regardless, I mean, with his speed and ability to get open, give him a few shots. If he catches, exactly. you know, one third of them, he can change a lot of games. So I would exactly. love to see them still find a role as he continues to grow. I just, Corey, curious about just your overall impressions of, of this team. When I rewatched this preseason game, the overall, I guess, this feeling I had was this team is really buying into the his principles. I'm feeling their effort coming yep. through the screen. These backups are playing like their life depends on it. And I've seen so many preseason games where I feel like, you know, guys are just kind of like, you know, phoning it in a little bit, but yep. I did not get that impression from this Bears team. No, I, I, I agree with you. I think, I think they're a well-coached team. I think they're buying into everything with Eberflus and the rest of the staff. Um, they were, they were flying around and it wasn't perfect by any means, you know, defensively, offensively, nothing was perfect, but I, I love defensively just how they were flying around. Um, that's, that's the biggest thing. When I look at defenses and when, when the effort's not there, they're not flying to the ball. Um, that's, that's a cause of concern. And I think this team is going to really surprise some people. Like I, I, I really said, I wouldn't be surprised if they had 10 wins this season. I, I could really see that. Like, just the way everything's coming together and just the pieces to the puzzle offensively, right? Like offensively, I think they're going to be leaps and bounds above what they were last year. And I think defensively, now that we're starting to stack the pieces together at defensive end, I'm feeling really good about the rush defense. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, we got Terrell Lewis. We have Yannick, you know, Walker can slide inside Dexter and Pickens. Maybe they can be that nose in the rush situations. We can dial up some blitzes here and there. I'm feeling a lot better about this defense, the way that those pieces are kind of performing right now on the defensive line. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Yeah. We, we spent 30 minutes here with you and we were going to cut it right there, but I, I think it speaks to, to your point on this team could surprise. We spent 30 minutes talking with you and we didn't talk about Justin Fields and we yep. didn't talk about DJ Moore, and, yep. and that's where it's going to start for this team. And you saw it there uh, in the first preseason game, one snap, one throw to each other and off to the races he goes. So uh, I'm excited for it too. I got him at nine wins. Um, and maybe, maybe my inner, my inner meatball will elevate to 10 by the time the regular season starts. But I think nine is a, um, is a, is a good looking number right now for this team. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, I think this is the best receiving core the bears have had in a while i really mm -hmm. do from from number one receiver number two number three and i'm just going through it like dj moore has been a number one in carolina with with bad quarterback situations bad offense bad teams now all of a sudden great culture with the team they're putting all the pieces to the puzzle now justin fields is feeling more confident you know this offensive line is finally solidified um i really feel like he, he's going to break out this year i know he's been over a thousand multiple times in his career, but I really think he's going to have a breakout year. I think Claypool is going to have a really good year because I look back on his rookie year when he really had a coming out party was when the pressure was off him. He's not a number one, right? He's a number two or number three. And then Mooney as well. And then all of a sudden when we get in the red zone, you look at the struggles the Bears have had the past couple of years. I think Cole Komet, Robert Tanyan, that's going to be Roshan Johnson in there, you know, up the middle. Um, I think the red zone offense is going to be a lot better this year. Um, yeah, this 
this this is this is the most excited I've been about a Bears team in in a while. I, I really have a good feeling to, about this team. To your point, I'm going to channel my inner Will Dewitt here and bust out a couple stats. You ready, Will? You're going to be proud of me here. <laughs> to your point really? about the wide receiver core, they're one of only four teams in the NFL with three wide receivers that have had 850 or more yards in a single season. One of only four teams that can say that about three wide receivers. And DJ Moore specifically has the fifth most receiving yards all time before the age of 26 with 5,201 receiving yards, trailing only Randy Moss, Mike Evans, Larry Fitzgerald, and DeAndre Hopkins. And he by far had the worst set of quarterbacks compared to those other wide receivers. So now he's here with Justin Fields. You already saw the result after one throw. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, people people get a little irritated when I start making the comparisons to Jalen Hurts, but you look at uh, two years ago to last year, right? They went out and got A.J. Brown, and look of a world of difference that mm-hmm. made for, for them, right? And now you're putting the offensive line in there. So I'm like, if I'm the Bears, I'm trying to have the same game plan as the Eagles, right? Have a really great offensive line, right? Have all these weapons, have a good running game. Oh, okay. And all of a sudden, the Bears did that this offseason, right? There were some some knees that they they uh, had defensively on the defensive line, but they were really able to address the offensive needs, and especially when a year when you need to know everything you have from Justin Fields, right? There's no excuses at this point, right? Now you put the pieces to the puzzle. You got him that number one receiver, right? You got him the offensive line now, okay? You got him another running back option besides Herbert. Okay, we have all the pieces in the puzzle, Justin Fields. There's no more excuses at this point, right? Because next year they have two first-round picks. And who's coming out? Caleb Williams. So you need to show I, – I think Justin Fields will be a top-10 quarterback this year, and I think he'll have his coming-out party. Um, I, I really do. I think he's a competitor. And I think last year he had to run for his life because of the offensive line. Yep. I think I think he'd rather pass the ball than run. You, you got to you gotta do what the defense is giving you and, and what your offensive line was giving you at the time. But I, I think he's really going to have a breakout year this year. As soon as DJ took that thing to the house, I was watching the game on my phone. I was running around my driveway, pumping my fist. My wife looked at me like, what just happened? I was like, the Bears have a wide receiver is what just (laughs) happened. And we don't get those very often. So I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. Like, look, look at, look at um, Justin Jefferson with Kirk Cousins, right? Kirk Cousins Mm -hmm. is a very talented quarterback, pretty accurate. But there's some times where he throws the ball. You're like, oh, no. And all of a sudden, Justin Jefferson goes up and get it, right? Because at the end of the day, you need guys that can go up and get it, right? And the Bears haven't had that in, in a while since Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall. Um, so, yeah, Allen Robinson, you know, was able to do his thing here or there. But, it, you know, it wasn't like a DJ Moore. DJ Moore is a rising superstar. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly think people underrate him because of his situation in Carolina. Like, it's it's unbelievable of, of how, how big he is, how explosive he is, and how dynamic he is. It's, it's, it's going to be a fun year to see him. Like, at the end of the day, right, you're not going to make every throw right, but you're going to have playmakers that can help you look good. You, you look right. at Jalen Hurts and, and some of the throws he threw or Smith or Brown, go up and get it, right? That, that's the thing. You have to have good pieces. Not, not every quarterback is going to throw the ball perfectly every time. Right, right? you saw that on the screen. Patrick passed. Mahomes, Travis Kelsey sometimes makes them right. Right. So that's that, that's why you have good players in there. They, they need to make plays for you, too. Yep. You saw that on the screen pass. It was slightly behind him. Didn't matter. Exactly. Made a play. He's done it plenty of times at camp on slants. A couple times it might be behind. Boop. Just makes it look easy. 
Uh, and then hopefully Chase Claypool can get back healthy because they were starting to build a really good chemistry those first 10 to 12 days before he got hurt. Corey, uh, really appreciate you coming on as always. Look forward to uh, more of your coverage here at CHGO Bears this season. Uh, happy to kick things off for the official start of the year here tonight. So we appreciate your time after getting off the links. I know you got to get your practice in so I don't embarrass you. In 10 days. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait till Carm is chirping you and you're all nervous. He ain't in my foursome. I swear, other. I will not golf in a foursome with him next week. You, you no, he, said, he said you and him are together. No, no, I'm staying far away. I got my own four because it's a scramble. That's the only hard part about trying to do this head to head with Carm. It's a scramble. So yep. my team versus his team, I can promise you my team's going to win. Okay. Okay. So we'll see. Hey, I'm I like excited. the confidence. Yeah. Well, we Big, look forward Will, to you going to be over there. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it up. Unfortunately. And honestly, I'm going to save myself the embarrassment. I played two scrambles. And I think out of those 36 holes, we got to play my ball once. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I just there was that one time though. <laughs> I, it was, it's honestly, it was like a top five moment in my life. Not really, but it felt like it at the time. I was like, wow, we get to use my ball. So special. Awesome. Awesome. Well, man, it was a pleasure, pleasure talking with you guys, man. Looking forward to this season and uh, some more pods here on CHGO and uh, bear down fellas. Yes, sir. Bear down Woot. Have a good night. That is Corey Wooten. Uh, one of our good, good guys here in the Chicago sports media world. And it's an honor and a privilege to say he's a teammate here at CHGO bears. Uh, so we're going to move on to our second segment, but before we do, we have a few sponsors to thank. Yeah, I'll hop on here first. Uh, I want to let everyone know that there's a bantamweight battle for the belt, and it's going down during UFC 292. We have Sterling versus O'Malley, and they're going to fight for the title this Saturday. Will the current champ keep his crown, or is it the challenger's time to shine? Get your bets in on the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. New customers can bet just $5.00 and get $150 in bonus bets instantly. And I was just, you know, as Corey was talking and wrapping up, just checking some of the lines here. Right now, O'Malley, you can get him at plus 210. And there's so many different lines you can go on here. You have method of victory. Will the fight go the distance? Definitely check it out because there's a lot of ways you can bet on this big-time fight. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code CHGO. That's going to give new customers the ability to bet just $5 on UFC 292 and get $150 in bonus bets instantly. And again, that is this Saturday, only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That is 467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash MMA terms. There you go, Will. Uh, that's why I handed that one off to you. Yeah, you I, like I know. <laughs> well, we would still be through it if I was reading that, but uh, make sure you hit up DraftKings. Uh, and when you're hitting up DraftKings, make sure you're getting something good to eat uh, while you're winning that money and hit up our guys over at Factor Meal Kits. 
Uh, they're doing a great job, you know, appreciate their, their support here uh, at CHGO sports. And, and now that we're in the thick of summer, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals to support sunny, active days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track reaching your goals. I saw my guy Kevin Kadick, uh, head of content here at CHGO. He had his Factor meal kit, uh, you know, uh, today for lunch. It was. Um, it's very convenient. And then when you're too busy with summer plans to cook, but want to make sure you're eating well with factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and chopping and prepping and cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need factors, fresh, never frozen, frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back outside and soak up the sun. Ready to feel your best while making the most out of your summer adventures? Stick to your wellness goals with premium, ready-to-eat meals featuring high-quality ingredients such as broccolini, leeks, and asparagus. Treat yourself with Factor Meal Kits. There it is, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as we move this thing along. Uh, that was some of the things I wanted to get into you now that we're you know here in the second half of the show. Like you said, you know, we're, go- we're excited to get to Indianapolis tomorrow. You're going to be down there excited to see you again. Uh, get, this is going to be your first opportunity to get your eyes on the team. Uh, you know, what are you most looking forward to? Is there anything that in particular that stands out for you that you're obviously, like I said, we could all start with DJ Moore. So you're welcome to start there, but what are you most looking forward to seeing when you get down to Indianapolis tomorrow? Honestly, I mean, it's so easy right? It's Justin Fields and going up against a different defense. Uh, and this is going to go, this can be true for like both quarterbacks. Even if you want to look at Indianapolis, because they just named Anthony Richardson, their starting quarterback already. Uh, so it's going to be a very important two practices for both of these guys, because when you're out there uh, and you're doing preseason games, you're very like basic, right? You're doing your basic installs. You're not trying to give too much away with what you're planning throughout the, for the season uh, on both sides of the ball. You're not playing the true defenses. You're not playing your true offensive scheme. You're just getting some quality revs out there. But the good news uh, about these two practices, Bears and Colts, is that the only teams that are going to have the film of these practices are those two teams. The entire league is not going to be able to see these practices. So this is when they can actually start running their offense, running their defense more in true form. And it's going to allow Justin to have great reps uh, against the real, you know, defense, not going up against the same team every single day, not going up against a vanilla defense in a preseason. He's going to have a true test every time he's out there. A lot of great actionable feedback. You're going to be able to like extrapolate from that, and again, it goes on the other side of it, too, with Anthony Richardson, who looked okay in his debut here for Indianapolis, enough to give him this starting role, but how's he going to fare against this Bears defense? How well can this Bears defense play against a rookie quarterback? I want to see him give him fits. There's just so much here to, like, I want to see. I probably can keep rambling on and on, but just being able to see just in a joint practice form teams being more true to themselves than maybe you would see in a typical training camp practice or preseason game is what excites me. Yeah. I mean, definitely Anthony Richardson, you know, you know versus Justin Fields, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, two quarterbacks that can test the defense. I'm interested to see, 
If I mean, do you think that you know I, I you know you said you got to go to the Dolphins joint practices, and this is going to be my first time seeing joint practices, so I'm really excited because I know how intense the battles can be, get, and I wouldn't even mind seeing a fight or two personally just to see, get the energy flowing a little bit. But at the same time, a safe fight, you know, where nobody gets hurt, of course. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I am curious to know if do you think that they're going to play both practices in pads or like, do you, do you think tomorrow is going to be the, the more higher octane practice and then they'll start to ramp down as they get closer to the preseason game on Saturday? That's a really good question. And I wish I knew the answer. I, I can see them doing either approach uh, just because they want to take care of their guys. Right. So having like a ramp down would make sense. But also if these are, two coaches that want to get the most out of their young teams and really push them. It's a great opportunity to go full pads both days. I mean, your starters aren't going to still play a lot in this preseason game. So get again, going back to like my main point about these reps in practice could be the most meaningful reps of the entire training camp preseason calendar that the bears are going through right now. I wouldn't be opposed to it, but of course, player safety is going to be the most important. I'm not a team doctor. I can't, tell you what makes the most sense. Uh, it's different than when I played high school football. They would have been full pads all week until they get out there and, and play a game here on Friday night. So, yeah, I don't know which way to go. But at the same time, like I said, if they want to push these guys, I'm not opposed to going full pads. Yeah, when people asked me like a month ago when the tickets were available to, and they weren't, um, they were free, but available to download or whatever you want to say, um, people ask me like, what would be the better day to go? And I was telling people, well, your better chance is Wednesday for like, you know, the higher intensity, but to your point, uh, depending on how much each team intends on playing their first string, you know, this is their chance to get things out, you know, you know, get more reps in that. Cause that's the other exciting part is like, who knows how many series, I mean, the bears played two series, which I thought was one more than I thought they would. Obviously that first series went very quickly. So that probably played <laughs> a part. Cause I think it's less about how many series you play and how many reps you actually get. So as soon as fields had one rep and it went for a touchdown, I'm like, okay, let's have them go out there again. And I was like, hit him again. Let's do three series. Let's have some fun. So I get greedy. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how many, um, you know, how long they play in the preseason game, but two hours each day, Wednesday and Thursday night. I love that they're night practices too. You know, we've had these early morning practices and you know, um, me and you go way back going to bourbon a, and they had many night practices. They do one on that, on the college field. You know, they had the practice fields, but then sometimes for the final night, they'd move it to their, their actual loved using that field. And I, I, I appreciated it so much. It was always a great, I don't know. It felt like a true like scrimmage when they would go out to that yeah. field and do scrimmages after lovey. They didn't do it so much, but yep. lovey loved. Well, and they had the fireworks field. afterwards. It, it really felt like, I mean, that's the essence of what makes training camp special. And, and you know, they, even when they do the family fest now it's in the morning, at least they put it on a weekend this year, but like one night practice, please. So we get two this year. So I'm very excited for that. Um, a couple guys that I'm curious to see how much work they're going to get with the first team. Uh, you know, all the talk right now is about Nate Davis returning to practice. Mm -hmm. We don't really know. He was very quiet or standoffish about answering why he's been out. There was a lot of fans making jokes where he's like, well, they saw how Jatiri Carter played in that first preseason game. And all of a sudden he felt a lot better about getting out there and getting <laughs> reps in. Do you think that, you know, like, 
how confident are you? I guess I should say in that he's going to get any kind of work in Indianapolis. Not at all. I mean, I'm glad they put him in front of media. I think that's a good step one. And it just, he has to probably ramp up here now. So I'm not all too confident. I know we still don't know the extent of it. He can't talk about injuries in the preseason and really it's his business, whatever he's dealing with. And I just kept thinking of Ted Lasso and there's a scene where Roy Kent was asked about a player and he just wasn't going to get into it. And he's like, it's none of my effing business. Like it's just where I'm going to leave it. And with Nate Davis, as much as I would love to know, I, I wish he would have practiced throughout the entirety of training camp. We would not have any questions. We would feel good about that right guard position. They brought him here for a reason. It's just none of my business uh, in terms of like why he's not out there on the field. Uh, but at the same time, I understand the frustration, uh, the angst it's causing. I just go back to like the player that he was and the reason why the bears brought him in. And once he's healthy and, and hopefully that's before week one, I feel like the, the bears are going to be, you know, ecstatic about what he's going to be able to bring to the table and the stability that offensive line, but Carter stepping up in his place, may be the silver lining here, getting those extra reps, extra opportunities, looking real comfortable out there. That makes me feel more comfortable about the interior depth because depth across the entire OL was like a big concern that we've talked about in a nauseum throughout offseason. Uh, so it kind of eased some of my concerns, Carter stepping up. But of course, Davis needs to step into those starter shoes here too to kind of get us to that point. Yeah, I agree. Um, what we saw from the offensive line was very encouraging because at camp, they've been getting beat quite a bit, especially in the last week leading up to that preseason game. It was getting ugly. And I understand there's a familiarity with who's like the plays that are being called. Both teams kind of know what everybody's running, which makes it very hard on the offense uh, and it kind of gives the defense an advantage. And that kind of got put on display once they got out there for the preseason because yeah, Jatiri Carter, you know, like you said, diamond in the rough, like, you don't really know develop. I don't even know if you want to call him a diamond in the rough yet. It's more of like this developmental project. What can he be? And Larry Borum has certainly, you know, hasn't done himself any favors here in the first few years. And it felt like his uh, job was on the line, how he approached camp this year. Adam Hogue has said that he's been encouraged by how he's played here at camp. And I definitely trust his football acumen when it comes to that assessment. So you're right because you know, me and Gary Ross, I know Gary talks to all of us, but when we talk, he's constantly looking at the offensive lineman on the waiver wire. Who can we pick up to add to that depth? And I still hope they do, but I think that did kind of put our mind a little at ease with some of these guys, uh, you know, that are backups, you know, and, and you have that depth with Lucas Patrick and, uh, you know, Cody Whitehair at center who can also play guard, Jatiri Carter, who we've seen on both sides, left guard and right guard when Tevin's been out and Nate's been out. And so, you know, we've had some pretty good stability at tackle, but, you know, again, Larry Borum hasn't, you know, done anything that has hurt his cause. So, you know, a step in the right direction, even a guy like Doug Kramer has gotten reps with the first team at camp, which was certainly surprising, but we're hearing whispers that the team's very encouraged by Doug Kramer. So they've got some options. I'd still like them to add depth there, but we'll just have to wait and see how that continues to pro progress. Uh, you know, we mentioned Valus Jones you know, with Corey, and I'm curious your thoughts, you know, as far as now that Dante Pettis seems like he's returned, he didn't play in the preseason game. You know, do you think we'll see him here this week? And if we do, you know, what is he going to have Valus's punt return job right away? Cause like Corey's like, Oh, let's see what Valus has got some more, but I don't know how they can continue down this road 
when they're trying to win right out the gate week one. Oh, everyone knows I like me some Dante Pettis. I've been on that since last offseason, uh, both as a returner and as a receiver. Uh, not the most dynamic receiver, but he is still someone I think is more than capable. And the chemistry he built with Justin last year, especially on the like the unscripted plays, really stood out. And I know that was happening throughout the OTA practices um, as well. I don't know, Greg, in terms of like what I would do. And that's why I wanted to ask Corey, too, because... I feel like the lack of confidence is a problem. And I know he says he doesn't have a lack of confidence, but when you watch the play, it's just he's indecisive. And that stems from a lack of confidence and not just, you know, having conviction going for the ball or letting it, you know, let it fall and let it roll. Uh, He just doesn't know which one to do. I don't know if it's the right time to pull the trigger or maybe give him a chance. Again, live reps against another team, at least over the next two days, to me is a risk-free zone, right? Like the worst thing you can do is fumble in a practice at this stage. It's not a real game. It's not a game, whether it be preseason or regular season. It's a risk-free environment that they can at least see if he does. You're almost like if confidence. your Eberflus go over to the cold sideline and go, you know, we're going to let you bring the house on base. Yeah, please. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's a joint, I mean, it's a joint practices. There is, there are things where, you know, they could be like, Hey, you know, help us give us a look here. Like there is a little bit of camaraderie there and like collaboration uh, more so than I think a lot of people would expect. Um, so maybe that would be the case. Like, you know, go terrorize the guy. I want to make sure he can catch under fire. Uh, but who knows? It may not even take that much uh, to kind of get under Bayless's skin right now when it comes to, to catching these punts. But it's it's a big concern if it continues. Uh, I think right now you can still give him opportunity to grow and show you he has. But at the at the end of the day, like if he doesn't show it soon, you, you have to move on. And luckily, I think there are players in this roster that can step in. They don't need all of those live reps per se to be effective in the regular season. Uh, but yeah, the concern level is real. Uh, but I think these next two days against the Colts, uh, the more I talk about it, I will let him have an opportunity just because the worst thing that can happen again is a turnover in a practice. Got a few more. Um, we got a, I got, I got a couple more questions, but only one more pertain, pertaining to the joint practices. And, and this, the, I, I kind of hinted at it earlier. The thing that I'm very curious to to see uh, is who's getting in the first fight. Cause we've seen a few fights here at bears camp. Uh, Chase Claypool has been in the middle of a lot of them, but he's hurt now. So it would have been chase would have been the easy answer, but now the answer is a little tougher. Tyreek Stevenson's certainly been very, the whole D every DB has been chirping. So I have a, a suspicion it's going to come from that group, but do you have any idea or should we set an over under for how many fights we think are going to happen over the next two days? Um, I mean, you mentioned it. It's the DBs have been chippy, and so I'm going to trust you guys. You guys have all your eyes on. Oh, they have talked so much shit. Well, it has been the funniest <laughs> thing to watch, and it's great because you want that group to have confidence. You do, but they have not to the point where at times the offense, the wide receivers have kind of lost their mind a bit over it because they're chirping every single day. It's pretty funny. The only other thing to just about camp in general, I don't know if Michael Walker is going to make this trip or not yet. It'd be nice if he will. Uh, the Bears just signed him or claimed him over the last day. And for a guy that had over 100 tackles last year, the Bears just keep adding linebackers to this team. Uh, and again, he's not going to come here to be a starter, uh, but he has been a starter uh, in his past. He's on his final year of his rookie deal. I just love the Bears continuing to utilize the first priority spot in this waiver wire. And 
seeing what's out there and heck it just if he makes his team which i expect he will at this point it really just continues to bolster the depth of this defense the linebacking core uh but yeah like that's the other thing i wanted to mention and then uh for everyone who's excited about the next two days for coverage like we're going to talk about these team drills but like those one-on-ones are going to be really interesting too it's just there's so much behind it and i'm really excited so i'm glad we have some time to like preview it kind of here today yeah, hundred percent. And that was one of the other questions with Mikel Walker, uh, Falcons, you know, linebacker that had put up a lot of stats for them last year in Atlanta comes here. Tremaine Edmonds has been hurt here for a few weeks. They're being very, Eberflus is being very, you know, close to the vest as far as giving away any kind of information of how he's doing. Yeah. I'm not trying to start any rumors, but there's different, you know, um, perspectives being thrown around about the, you know, level of his injuries um, Nate Davis returns yesterday. Tremaine Edmonds still hasn't. They bring in. Do you think that there's any kind of correlation to that injury and Mikel Walker being brought in? Because I obviously certainly hope not, but it is interesting that they a- added to that group when it on paper already was as deep as it was. I don't know. Again, it's one of those where like we're just going to speculate here and I don't yeah. like throwing more fuel into the fire. Especially Does it worry you, I guess, would be the better question. I'm not worried. I, I keep hearing about Edmonds going through walkthroughs and being a big part of that. So I would expect they're just being very cautious uh, with someone they invested so much in. Uh, and he is like a, someone who has played at such a high level throughout his career. And he's still so young where... And this defense is so similar to that we played with in Buffalo under Leslie Frazier, very similar scheme. So no, I'm not really all too worried right now. I don't think he needs a full training camp to be at his, you know, the level that he needs to be, to be that leader of the defense. It may take him a while to get callous throughout the regular season, more so than some of the other guys, but he's like, I think a consummate professional and should be fine with limited stuff. But I think this is just the bears doing their due diligence and utilizing that, that waiver wire uh, yet again, uh, just because they do hold that spot for a while. And uh, again, if there are other players at different positions, feel free, bring them in. Let's see what we got. All right. We're going to finish this up with some super chats and then we're going to call it a night again, hit that like button, everybody, all 300 plus that are hanging out here in the chat late at night for bears after dark. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, please hit the like button, subscribe on your way out. A few super chats to get through. Uh, Chubb's giving me the business about my uh, assessment of Roshan Johnson or, or Tom Thayer singing his praises with his blocking. He says, give me a break on the best blocking. You don't start when you're slow. We want running backs who can break 50 yard runs. Herbert has done it repeatedly. Totally understand where you're coming from. Um, you know, Khalil Herbert has, is, you know, geared up for the cutback lane at all times and can break one. He led running backs with yards per carry around six last year. Uh, but Roshan Johnson, you know, there is something to be said about the running back that can wear a defense out. And I definitely think Roshan is going to fit that mold just like David Montgomery. And maybe he'll be even better than David Montgomery because I'm going to slander David as much as we loved him here. He's on the Lions now, so he can kick rocks. Uh, Chubbs with another $2 super chat. Running back is a skill position, not alignment. I get you, Chubbs. Uh, I used to joke about David Montgomery last year when everybody would say, oh, he's a great blocking running back. I would always say, oh, that just means he's not a good running back because you're just talking about his blocking. If that's the first thing you say about the run, because with Saquon Barkley, that's not the first thing you say about him. You say, <laughs> he's, point. A, you know what I mean? So, you know, obviously, you know, uh, protecting the quarterback is key, you know, not just for when you're calling a pass play, but 
giving Justin Fields the option of being able to audible out of a run to a pass. Because once you're on that field, you call a run, Justin might see something different. You get out of that. Well, you got to have a running back that Justin Fields can feel confident to audible to a pass because he knows he'll be protected. Lowe's six dollar ninety nine super chat. Which rookie do you want to stand out this week, Will? Who? I mean, Tyler Scott. I want to see him have a bounce back. Uh, keep that football secure. Keep it off of the turf. I mean, obviously, we want those top picks to really flash. Um, but if we're going to go down the weeds a little bit, I'll say Tyler Scott. Okay, Tyler Scott. I love it. Um, quickly vibing with the dogs, my girl Elise. Dollar ninety nine super chat. Hi, Braggs and Will. We appreciate you tuning in here tonight, Elise. Uh, she's always in my spaces. Well, when you see me on Twitter okay. spaces till three in the morning and we're arguing, Elise is always there with me. So well, I appreciate well, X, X spaces, X spaces. Yeah. I'm not giving up the bird just yet, but Elise was at training camp uh, about a week ago and, and got in a car accident on the way out. So um, we're glad she's doing okay. Yes, uh, shout out to Elise. Um, she's doing much better and she's still in spaces arguing. So that's how, you know, she's good. <laughs> and I do want to shout out our chat cause they were Gary and all the guys are always on top of me. And I, and I mentioned Jatiri Carter switching to different guard spots, but as Gary was reminding me, Alex Leatherwood is also the backup left guard and has been coming in in place, you know, when, when, uh, Tevin Jenkins has missed here and there. So that's what we like about our chat. They're diehards and they keep us in check. And when you are a diehard, you have a chance for exclusive coverage that only diehards can get. Adam Hogue putting out a newsletter every single day that only diehards can read. If you become a diehard, you can get the shirt I'm wearing or many of the other shirts at chgolocker.com that are some great designs from all our different teams. Uh, you get the first one free if you become a diehard. And then, of course, like you heard, uh, Corey Wooten's going to be at our CHGO kickoff classic at Cog Hill. August 25th, you have until this Friday to sign up for that event. It has to be, the cutoff's going to be in just a few days this Friday. So get signed up, come on out, hang out with us. Corey Wooten's going to be there, Adam Hogue. I heard Adam Johns is going to be there and all the other CHGO teams across our board. We're going to be having a lot of fun at Cog Hill next Friday. So uh, become a diehard. Go ahead, Will. Yeah, I just actually want to end the show with one last Bears thought that I had because you were talking about those running backs throughout the Super Chats. And I want to encourage you and everyone listening and everyone in the chat to have room in your heart for both Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson. I love me some Rojo Mojo. I think that's some real magic there. He, Rojo like I mentioned Mojo. earlier, I like bowling this. ball. I right. That should be a t-shirt. That's what I was um, going to say. Print the shirt. Rojo Mojo. Well, we, we do make merch. Uh, mm. But yeah, I. He, I, they do have two separate skill sets, but Khalil Herbert's always been underrated. He can continue to be underrated, but just let's appreciate him in Chicago a little bit more this season. Like the amount of breakaway carries that this guy generates over the past couple of years, we're already seeing him make a big play in the preseason. Like I'm excited to watch him, and then he can bring in Rojo to do some mojo and wear guys down because he's going to run him over, or maybe Khalil runs wears them down because they're chasing them, right? And then you bring in Robert Johnson to go up against these gas defenders and just run them over and yep. knock them out. And you're right. Um, you know, we always, as fans, try to pin against each other. And so, like, when we last year about David Montgomery versus Khalil Herbert, it becomes an either-or. And you, you feel like now you're denigrating the other guy to try to make a point about the guy you prefer. 
when both guys are going to help your team. Uh, so you're, that that's a salient point, and that, and I think an important one that you know all three of these running backs are going to make you know important contributions to this team. Running Deer was asking in the chat, "Do I get another T-shirt when I renew?" Yes. Yes, you do, Running Deer. So when they make the Rojo Mojo shirt, you can get that one when you renew. <laughs> we'll see about that. But uh, thanks again for everybody hanging out here on Bears After Dark. Thanks again to Corey Wooten for jumping on. Look forward to his coverage here at CHGO Bears all season long. Uh, so go ahead and hit that like button on the way out. And we're going to have some fun here the next couple days down in Indianapolis. So stay tuned for recap shows after each practice they're night practices so you'll have to wait kind of around this same time frame uh for uh you know upcoming shows the next two days with adam hogue mark Harmon, nick moriano will dewitt and myself lawrence benedetto will be down there producing as per usual we're always on the road we're always doing our thing to give you guys every bit of content for the chicago bears we can possibly give you so we look forward to all that stay tuned for everything Uh, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bear down.